Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. These two parties, Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, have had their chance. And they've blown it. Oh, come, nobody ever reads manifestos during the election. Sean, you know that. But they've taken our policies. Such a collection of chancers and charlatans. It can't be like here both me by. Yeah, I shall be the tea shop now. This is Election Daily, the series from the Inside Politics podcast team at the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. A few minutes ago, voting came to a close across the country and we published the results of our Ipsos MRBI exit poll. Pat Leahy and Fia Kelly are here. Pat, what are the numbers? The numbers, Hugh, are Fine Gael 22.4%, Sinn Féin 22.3%, Fianna Fáil 22.2%, Green Party 7.2%. 9% Labour 4.6%, Social Democrats 3.4%, People Before Profit Solidarity 2.8%, Independents and others together 14.5%. So obviously we're going to focus on the top three certainly for the moment and probably for most me, of this podcast. Let me give you one other number before we continue any further Hugh and that is that the margin of error is 1.3%. And that might be sort of important, isn't it? Because it was such a striking headline when we published it at 10 o'clock exactly because rounded off, those numbers meant that the three biggest parties in Ireland all came in at 22% each. Yeah. I mean, it was a an election result made for a headline. Uh, 22.22% each for the three parties. And actually, even if you round it up or round it down, all on 22%, all on the same figure. I mean, it's an absolutely astounding election result, really. We knew, or we expected that the parties would be grouped together, maybe within five percentage points of one another. But to have them all within, all on basically, statistically, the exact same number, it's quite astounding. It is extraordinary. How do you think Mary Lou MacDonald, uh, Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin will be feeling right now? Well, I think they will all be telling their supporters or they will be being told uh, by their advisors that this is a poll, it's not a result. There's a margin of error. Those numbers might move up or down a bit. And of course, then there's the further translation of this into seats. But in my initial reaction to it is that Fianna Fáil are going to be a little bit disappointed with this. Fine Gael will be relieved with it and Sinn Féin will be delighted that it has it is now joined the two big parties as a third big party they've achieved by some distance the best result in their history and that is the real story that's the biggest story I think of this election if we try and I mean we're minutes afterwards but let's try and step back a a little bit and look when historians look at this result in say 10 years time That's the thing they will see. They will see this massive jump for Sinn Féin, that change in the political landscape Mm. that this evidences, I think. 
Vic, you agree? Yes, I agree. I think that is the big story of this election. It is about Sinn Féin taking its place with Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael as the third force now in Irish politics. It's no longer a two party, it's not a two and a half party system. It's a big three and the rest now. That is clear from these figures. Sinn Féin will be kicking itself. Absolutely, they didn't run enough candidates. They didn't see it coming, nor did anybody else see it coming. But you can be sure of one thing, that if the government formation talks, if this is the result that is thrown up when the ballots are all counted, it will be extremely difficult. There will be people who may have to make uncomfortable choices. And if we face into a second election on these figures, if a government cannot be formed, Sinn Féin, you would think, would probably welcome that second election. Mm -hmm. They will rejig their tickets, make sure they have the candidates in place to capitalise on what that first preference vote seems to be, and they could come back with even more seats. So you'd imagine that Fianna Fáil, I think Pat is right, they will be really disappointed in that figure. There was an assumption in the party that they could get to the mid-50s in terms of Dáil seats, become the largest party in the Dáil, put together a coalition, minority coalition, Astley over our confidence supply. Now that may all still happen because... They could outperform the exit poll. They could get more seats than Fine Gael, But it is not clear-cut by those figures. Fine Gael will be relieved. And Fine Gael people in the last week or so were saying that they were criticised for this relentless negative campaign, criticising Fianna Fáil, hammering the idea that Fianna Fáil would go into coalition with Sinn Féin. One person who was at the top of the campaign said to me three or four days ago, that was about capping Fianna Fáil. That was about pulling them back from the pack. And on those figures, you have to say they succeeded. Yeah, they succeeded. It should be said, Pat, that I've had a number of people over the last couple of days ask me about the exit poll and saying, will you be projecting the number of seats? And I said, no, because our system is so different from places like the UK where you can do that with some degree of conviction. And you have these three parties virtually neck and neck and their seat outcomes, partly for reasons like the Sinn Féin seat strategy, which Fiat mentioned, and other quirks and vagaries of the system, could end up going in any kind of a direction, maybe. Well, I suppose it's possible to predict some of the directions that it will, that the, the realisation of seats will go in, but it's, very, but it's impossible to be precise. You know, you can't poll the 12th count in Cavan Monaghan. And it is on the 12th count, on the distribution of surpluses or the distribution of votes from candidates who have been eliminated that will decide those further seats. And with basically a dead heat between three parties, the margins are going to be incredibly tight. So, you know, we can say that from observation of the campaign, look at the tickets, seat strengths on the ground, you would expect Fianna Fáil to turn that into a a significantly greater number of seats than Sinn Féin for the reasons that, uh, to which Fiac has averred. But as to the contest between Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, that's going to be a lot tighter. My expectation would be that Fianna Fáil will still be ahead, but by nothing like the margins that that we we might have guessed at if we're having this conversation An interesting thing is the way the campaign developed in the last week was a enthusiasm for Sinn Féin but a negative reaction to Sinn Féin being in government. So you had that person who may traditionally vote Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael voting probably to block Sinn Féin from being in government. So the transfer pattern between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael candidates you would think could be quite strong. So in those contests Pat talks about where it comes down basically to you would think in these figures it's Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael competing to see who can get the highest number of seats in the 40s. I don't think they're going to reach 50 seats on mm-hmm. these figures. And then it comes down to who can get themselves ahead and first preferences and knows ahead. So it's going to be really, really fascinating and really, really 
long and detailed. And, and people probably but also, still have a slight edge in that, don't they? In but, terms well, of well, there, is, there, there is two, like, okay, two ways of looking at it, right? One way is that that Fianna Fáil Dublin figure is disappointing. Now, the margin of error in retail breakdowns is, is, is larger. Give, give us those Dublin figures. The Dublin figures mind. have... The, the Dublin figures show Fianna Fáil on 14%, Fine Gael on 21%, Sinn Féin on 22%, the Greens at 13 Labour at 8 Sock Dems at 6 Solidarity PPP at 7 Independence Owners at 85 Are we anticipating that someone who votes Green is going to transfer it to Fianna Fáil? is that we've spoken about this in the podcast mm-hmm. numerous times before, that middle-class voter appealed away from Fine Gael at the local elections and is dalliancing with the Greens now. Do they go back to Fine Gael or do they go to Fianna Fáil? We don't quite know. I think in rural Ireland, the transfer pattern would be like an anti-government transfer pattern that if you're lower, you'll go back towards Fianna Fáil because of the alternative government. But there's a lot of places for those green transfers, for example, yeah. to go in Dublin with some of the smaller parties which you mentioned there. Yes, and the Sock Dems, I actually thought their number in Dublin was surprisingly... Um, Strong, 6%, uh, Labour 8 so they'd be in the hunt for a seat or two. But it is kind of scattered all over the place. But I just think that the way that green transfer pattern is going to play out is going to be really interesting. It would be decisive in a couple of constituencies in Dublin. If you look at places like Dublin Bay South, there's likely to be a big surplus from Eamon Ryan's votes there. So where does that go? Is a portion of it anti Sinn Féin and therefore is it likely to go to Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael or is it uh, is it a left anti-establishment vote as as definitely some of those green votes will be and will it stay mm. with Sinn Féin is it likely to go mm. to uh, and, and help elect Chris Andrews you know so um, but I think that will be that'll be very much dependent on the nature of the constituency so the green vote in Dublin Bay South may be very different to the Green vote in Dublin Bay North. Mm. And is the Green instance. vote in Dublin, which uh, Fiat just read out, read out there, is that a little bit disappointing for them too? It, it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think um, in one of our polls from memory, they were at 15% in Dublin. I think the poll that we did at the start of the um, campaign, they were at 15 in Dublin. And at that point, I thought mm. if they have any sort of a decent campaign, the Greens can push that to 20% in Dublin, which would have given them basically a seat in every constituency in Dublin. But they didn't. The Greens did not have a good campaign. They found it difficult, like the other small parties, to really break into that. Now, at 8%, they're going to have their best election ever. They should hit 8% double figures. Eight percent naturally. They should hit. Uh, they should hit double figures in terms of seats. But it never really took off, mm. and they're not going to win it's seats in some a, of the places that they would have hoped. It's a to. green election in terms of a green a Sinn Fein green. Different it's not, kind, it's not a green green election, if you know what I mean. It's a different type of green election. But if I could go to the other regional figures, a couple of interesting breakdowns there. Rest of Leinster, Fianna Fáil at twenty six, Fine Gael at twenty two, Sinn Fein at twenty four. The Greens at 7, Labour at 4. Munster, Fianna Fáil 26, Fianna Gael 25. That's very interesting. The idea of a Munster, Cork, Taoiseach, if these figures are correct, didn't necessarily translate to Fianna Fáil widening the gap between them and Fianna Gael. Uh, Sinn Féin 18, the Greens 7. This one I think is really interesting. Connacht, Ulster. Fianna Fáil 22, Fianna Gael 23, Sinn Féin 20, the Greens 7. Traditionally, you would expect Fianna Fáil to be way out in front of Fianna Gael and Connacht, Ulster. So it seems to me, I don't know if you agree, Pat, that Sinn Féin have got in and eaten their dinner around the border and Connacht yeah. Ulster uh, constituencies. Yeah, really, you'll see a really strong vote for Sinn Féin and Donegal and Cavan Monaghan. Cavan Monaghan, two seats, they're getting yeah, definitely two, there. Two seats, Donegal, two seats, Cavan Monaghan. All those, sort of, uh, all, all those sort of seats, I think, are going to fall from them. That's a pretty good, if that's 7% for the Greens, if that holds true, 
And let us enter the caveat again. This is a poll. There's a margin of error on it as translating into seats. But if that 7% for the Greens holds true in uh, in Connacht, Ulster, they could be in with a strong shout for a seat in Galway, I suspect. Yeah. Hold that thought just for a moment. I just wanted to point out actually at this stage that the Irish Times is the only national newspaper which is conducting an exit poll this evening. And I want to make this point, not to brag, but just to suggest that that's just another reason to take out a digital subscription to the Irish Times because some of our competitors are belatedly coming to the realisation that journalism can't survive without the financial support of its readers and listeners as well. And they're now very belatedly adjusting to that reality. But we came to that conclusion some time ago that without our subscribers, we can't make these podcasts or do the poll or do the reporting and the analysis and all the rest of it. So if you'd like to see us continuing doing what we do, you might consider going to irishtimes.com slash subscribe where you can sign up for the price of just one euro for the first month. Michal Martin's project to revive, refresh and bring Fianna Fáil back to the top table of Irish politics has been ongoing for a decade now, Pat. And this is perhaps the biggest blow to it, I would think, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think we'll have to wait and see what happens in terms of seat numbers. If Michal Martin comes back with the highest number of seats by an appreciable margin in the next doll, then he can reasonably claim that that project has been a success. His difficulty will be putting together uh, a government. On the base of these figures, I think if we had this conversation yesterday, we would have said that the chance of Michal Martin as the next Taoiseach is a, I think the book he's had him at 25 to 1 on. He was unbackable. Like, he was just, he, now, he, he, like, he's still a favourite. He's still the favourite. But it, this, it's harder to see, yeah. it's harder to see his route. Or, or rather, you can see his route to it, but it is a harder route. Mm. The one thing about that, you know, this confidence supply project that was to rehabilitate Fianna Fáil, bring them back, you know, tell the middle classes that you can trust us again. They've stagnated, if not regressed, on these figures. Let's allow them an extra percent or two on top of these figures. That means they really haven't gone anywhere since 2016. They've regressed. So if you're a Fine Gael, and if Michal Martin says, you have to back me in confidence supply now. Confidence supply clearly was a good idea in the medium term. In the longer term, will people look back and say, well, actually... It allowed Mary Lou MacDonald to stitch Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael together as the government de facto. And if you were in Fine Gael, why would you do that? You might go, why would I actually tie myself to them? And then in three or four years' time, when every election is, I will just be, you guys are in government together. So it's quite a difficult situation for me, Hal Martin. And the other thing that he's going to have to face in the next few days, I would think, I don't know for definite, the voices in his party who say they should go into coalition with Sinn Féin will become louder. And there will be people... As will... The voices in his party which say he should go into coalition with Fine Gael, I suspect. So he will probably have a job on his hands to suppress those people. Bear in mind, a lot of these people want to go into government. They've been out for 10, 9, 10 years now. They want back into government. It is probably a bit more out of his control now than it would have been had he got 26, 27%. Like, there is a ready-made government there if the big two, or sorry, if any two of the big three <laughs> yeah. decide to do business. On that point, how does that work within the Fianna Fáil party? If, I mean, among other things, Sinn Féin, as Féach has already suggested, might be spoiling for a, a, a kind of a, an inability to put a government together and another election in three or, four, three or four months' time. Why would they get involved at all in something like that? Is Fianna Fáil not stuck with Fine Gael or nobody, Pat? I don't think Micheál Martin can do a coalition with 
Sinn Féin. And I don't think, actually, Sinn Féin wants to do a coalition mm. with either of the big two parties. Exactly. Why would they do that? I, uh, as you probably know, it's been my view since the start of the campaign that Sinn Féin's uh, determination to get into government was an electoral tactic. I think they will seek to be in the conversation for a government uh, over, the, over the coming weeks. But from a strategic point of view, it doesn't make sense for them. They are on the rise. This election, uh, you know, however number of seats they win in this election, they would win on the same figure more in the next yeah. election because they would, uh, because they run, would run uh, more candidates, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think that the strategic imperative for Sinn Féin is to shove the big two together, whether in a grand, the two of the big, the, the old two of the big three together, whether in a grand coalition are a confidence and supply agreement and have another election in reasonably short order in which they and if can reasonably be confident but what that about, they will be the largest party. But what about Fiat's point that that's not in Fine Gael's interest if they just look at what's happened to Fianna Fáil over the last few years? This is why it's going to be this really difficult, difficult to put together. Like why if you were Fine Gael would you kind of like Fine Gael might decide we have to do a responsible thing. But why would you kind of say why like confidence supply hasn't worked for those guys? Why do we do it? And the only way you can do it, the only rationale you can give for the two of them to enter some sort of arrangement that isn't Grand Coalition or some sort of arrangement between the two of them is that the housing crisis is on its way to being solved. Supply is increasing. The two of them kind of do it together, arrange something for three or four years, let all those crises kind of pass if they do, and that maybe will take the sting out of the support for Sinn Féin. But again... That was the reason for confidence supply in the first place. Didn't quite work, did it? Here's the thing. The confidence and supply agreement in 2016 was put together and stayed together because the three parties to it, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and the Independents, believed it to be in their own interests to do it and to make it work and to make it endure. I find it difficult to believe that all three parties would find it, whether that's the Greens, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, plus another party, will find it in their interests. Why would it be in Fianna Gael's interests to provide it, provide mm. the confidence and supply to Fianna Fáil? It was in Micheál Martin's interests in 2016 because he wanted to demonstrate that Fianna Fáil was a responsible party. He wanted, he was on that road of rehabilitation of uh, of his party. He didn't want to go into government because he said he wouldn't. He wanted to show that Fianna Fáil could be responsible and could be trusted. So he did it because he believed it to be not just in the national interest, of course, but in the interest of Fianna Fáil. I find it difficult to see Fianna Gael making the same judgment this time. Can I ask one other question? To, to go back to Sinn Féin, who at the outset we said were the big mm. winners on this day. Um, I think you've got some breakdown of age demographics there as well. And I think they're very interesting if we're thinking about what the future of Irish politics is. They are be. really interesting. Amongst 18 to 24 year olds, Fianna Fáil are 14%, Fine Gael 16%, Sinn Féin 32%. And the Greens, despite all our predictions and expectations that they would romp ahead in the younger vote, 14%. Still, still decent, but not like massively knocking out of the park. 24, 25 to 34 year olds, relatively similar, although a drop off in green support. Among 35 to 49 year olds, Fianna Fáil 22, Fine Gael 21, Sinn Féin 22. 50 to 64 year olds, I thought was the most interesting finding. Fianna Fáil 23, Fine Gael 22, and Sinn Féin 23. So the assumption we had that anybody below 50, that was the cutoff point, anybody below 40 had no recollection of the troubles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not the case. 
Among over 65-year-olds is where you see the real kind of turning point. Fianna Fáil 30, Fine Gael 30, and Sinn Féin 12. So is this one of them cases again where the Irish political system is resisting this change? They don't want to bring Sinn Féin into government. They don't want to do a grand coalition. They don't want to make these choices that the electorate has now told them you're going to have to make, much like abortion, much like same-sex marriage. The Irish electorate is telling them we don't care about the petty vanities between Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael. You're roughly the same. Do a coalition. We don't care that you have a problem with Sinn Féin. You have to deal with this. So the Irish electorate is telling these parties and on the basis of that it's not going to change that they have to make choices now that they didn't want to make. It's not just that younger people prefer Sinn Féin, Pat. It's the fact that the, a majority, a, a decent plurality of people of, of working age uh, voted Sinn Féin in this election. Yeah, because they were the party of change and change was the central animating force of this election campaign. Now, that may not be the case at the next uh, at the next election. We don't know. But it's quite clear that the Irish politics remains in a state of flux. The big changes that were uh, kicked off in 2011, uh, that we saw in the election of 2011, and which were in train for the couple of years before that because of the, re- the Great Recession, they are, they're continuing. And I think it would be foolish to think... Well, that they won't that they won't continue in the future. We should also say, because she has taken an awful lot of stick in the last 18 months, that Mary Lou MacDonald has had a brilliant campaign. Aside from the last diff, the difficulties of the last debate in the last week, she has been the standout star of this campaign. She has done for her party what they wanted her to do when they made her leader. She they thought that she would reach parts of the electorate Jerry Adams could not expand the reach of the party. She has done precisely that. And I think she is a much stronger figure now, both to the outside world, I would imagine, but also internally within Sinn Féin. She can now say that she is the figure who is in command of her party. Any idea that she will not be, I think, can be resigned with these figures. Final point on that. that I, think that I think that's fair and I think it's true. And it goes to the wider point that elections are the political events that change the context. So just as Mary Lou is stronger now... Both Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin are slightly diminished by this result. They're weakened, she's strong. And that dynamic will play in to the new context that now exists as the reality of Irish politics. Funny thing is, you know, shutting them out hasn't worked for Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael. It hasn't worked on any level. So how long more can they shut them out? Yeah, I think that's a question we'll be asking a lot along with many others and really we're only just beginning in this process. Thanks for that to you guys for the moment. I know we'll all be back in tomorrow. Thanks also to our producer Declan Conlon. Our live coverage of the election results will continue through the rest of the weekend with live updates and reports from every constituency along with detailed analysis of those results and what they might mean. And this podcast will also be showing up in your feed to keep you up to date and offer some context and reflection on general election 2020. If we're not in your feed already, you can subscribe to us at all the usual places. You can also find us at irishtimes.com slash podcast. Your views are extremely welcome. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com or you can track us down on Twitter. But until the next time, thanks for listening.